Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Acts 17, 24, reading 24, 25, 26, and 27. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they, that they should seek the Lord, if haply, they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Do you mind standing for just uh, uh, four more short verses? You're going to have to backpedal, take a left turn in your Bible and go back to the Old Testament, to the book of Job. If you know where Psalms is, just go back past Psalms toward the beginning of the Bible, one book, and that's where Job is. Just so you know. Okay. How many of you can quote the books of the Bible? Amen. I, I learned how to do that. I learned how to do that when I was about nine or ten. And I could say it all, say all 66 of them without even taking a breath. Because <laughs> if I stopped to take a breath, I'd forget them. <laughs> it's funny how you remember, remember things, isn't it? Right. I still can do that. And that's been a long time since I was nine, I promise you. Job chapter 38. Job chapter 38, verse, 11, verse 8, please. 38 and 8. Or who shut up the sea with doors when it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb? When I made the cloud the garment thereof and the thick darkness a swaddling band for it, and break up for it my decreed place, and set bars and doors, and said, Hitherto shalt thou come, but no further. And here shall thy proud waves be stayed, and hitherto shalt thou come, but no further. And here shall thy proud waves be stayed. He's asking Job a question. In fact, he's sort of, he's, he's on to Job's case a little bit. Just a little bit. And I'll get into that a little bit more as you're seated tonight. I'm preaching a message with this title. God sets the boundaries. God sets the boundaries. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Oh, 
Now, Sister McGee and I are Tennessee Vol fans. I'm not going to get too carnal here, brother. But I just got to let y'all know that they won 52 to 20 today. But next week, they'll probably lose 52 to 20. And, 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 and the graphic, the picture that you're looking at, is a, is a boundary line. It's an out-of-bounds line, a goal line. Almost every sport that is played today has one thing in common, doesn't it? Boundaries. Boundaries. Basketball has out-of-bounds lines. Football has sidelines and goal lines. Baseball has foul lines and baselines. Batters boxes. Tennis and volleyball have court lines. Soccer has sidelines and goal lines. Even if you play golf, you can go out of bounds. Trust me, I know. Been there. Done that and didn't buy the t-shirt. Hallelujah. The thing about boundaries is this. If you go out of bounds, play stops. Amen? Play stops when you go out of bounds. Batters hit foul balls. And these foul balls are not considered to be in play unless a, a, a fielder can catch it in foul territory before it hits the ground. Property owners have property lines or boundaries. And if the owner so desires, he or she can actually prosecute someone for trespassing on their property. And in Job 38, God is questioning Job as to where he was when God created the world. And you, you got to read the book of Job to get the whole picture. You got to read chapter 37, 36, 35, because Job had been blowing smoke, you know. He'd been, he'd been telling everybody, telling his friends that was on his case, and God was hearing all this. Don't forget it. God always hears what you say. How do you know? How do I know? Because he said in his word, you say it and a little, word, a little bird will tell me. Did you know that scripture's in the Bible? A little bird. God always hears. And God was listening when Job was bragging about who he was and all the stuff. That, and finally, God just got sort of fed up with it. He said, okay, pal. He said, I want you to stand up like a man. I want you to listen because I'm fixing to say some things to you. And we read these things in Job 38. And several questions are asked of Job. To which Job had no correct answer. Right. 
No sufficient answer. Where were you, Job, when I made the cloud, the garment of the sky thereof, and when I made the thick darkness a swaddling band for it? Where were you when I break up for it my decreed place and set bars and doors? And he said, Hitherto God said to these clouds and the rain and all this stuff, he said, Hitherto shalt thou come and no further. But no further. This statement in Job 38, 11 lets us know who sets the boundaries. I said it lets us know who sets the boundaries. Say it with me this evening. God sets the boundaries. In Acts chapter 17, verse 26, it lets us know that God sets the bounds or boundaries of our habitation. This means that God sets the boundaries of where we live. So that tells me that God controls where we are and what would come close to us where we are. In the Old Testament law, there were grave consequences to be paid for removing a person's landmark or or moving the boundaries of another person's property. And you know, it is still illegal to move somebody's property line without a mutual agreement being made between both parties that are involved. We belong to Christ. I said, we belong to Christ. The scripture says you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. What price? The price of his precious blood. We are his property. So I'm going to get back on the devil a little bit tonight like I was last night. Satan has no right to come in and cross boundaries and move property lines and take possession of things which do not belong to him. He has no right in your life. He has no right there. God sets the bounds of our habitation. Our habitation is the place we live. Right? Does not the word of the Lord tell us that he inhabits, God inhabits the praises of Israel or of his people? God inhabits, that means God moves in, God lives in, God dwells in the praises of his people. I don't know about you, but I think God deserves more than a tent by the side of the road. I think God deserves more than a little shanty shack beside the railroad track. I think God deserves more than we give him sometimes. We need to build him a house. We need to build him a mansion. We need to build him a staircase inside. We need to put carpet on the floor. We need to put a gate around the property. Why? Because he inhabits the praises 
of his people. How do you build him a house? You, you build him a house with first one hand and then another. One hallelujah, then another. One praise God and then another. One leaping for joy and then another. Yeah. God sets the bounds of our habitation. Oh, but I want to tell you something good. Now that's good. That's good right there that God does set the bounds of our habitation, of where we live. I want to give you something that's a little bit better, I think, than that. And that is this. God also sets the bounds or the boundaries of our tribulation and our heartache. If he gets to pick where we live, if he sets the boundaries of our habitation, doesn't it also make sense because he is a just God? Huh? He is a just God that he's not going to put any more on you. He's not going to put any more on you than... Don't know the word, don't you? So help me out. He's not going to put any more on you than you are able to. Bam. God also sets the boundaries of our tribulation and our heartache. Listen to these verses in Psalms 30, verse 4 and 5. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Verse 5 for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor, though, is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Now, you see it on the wall, right? That's the word of God. Somebody sang a song one time and they said, if the King James Version was good enough for John the Baptist, it's good enough for me. Amen? You're looking at the King James Version of the Bible, the standard of, of the word as we know it. Amen? And it says, give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness for his Anger endureth but a moment. How long is a moment? How long is a moment? Is it 60 seconds? Scripture said he's going he's to come in the moment and the twinkling of an eye. Somebody said a twinkling of an eye is one eightieth of a second. So I don't know how long a moment it is, but let's just, let's just believe tonight and let's just agree together, at least for this message's sake, that a moment is 60 seconds. His anger has boundaries. Now, I believe it was David who said, Wilt thou be angry with us forever? He said, Wilt thou be angry with us forever? In other words, David felt like, have you ever felt like a minute seemed like an hour? Huh? Sister Joan Ewing says minutes seem like hours and hours like days. I don't know how long I've waited, but it seems to have been always. 
Just to think that God of glory came in flesh like a man and all the thanks he got for coming was a nail put through his hand. You ever been been in that place where a minute felt like an hour? Seemed like an hour? Oh, the dentist office always feels like that to me. Yeah, man, it does. But his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Now I want you to look real closely at the next three words. The next three words are vital. Weeping may endure. Weeping may endure. The word may is a word of permission. True? You ever play Mother May I? Oh, I've done it. And as dumb as I am, I'd get tripped up because I'd forget. Take three baby steps and two big steps. And I'd just take off walking. And they'd say, Meh. You lose. You didn't say, Mother, may I? The word may is a word of permission. The word of God says, weeping. The weeping may endure. For how long? For a night. Not a week. Not a month. Not a year. Not two years. Not 10 years, not a half a century, not a century. Weeping may endure for a night. Why do I know this is happening? It's because God sets the boundaries. God sets the boundaries. He said it's gonna endure for a night, but joy. Tap your neighbor if you got one close and say, but joy. But joy, but joy cometh when in the morning. Now you got, you got to listen closely. I know, I know this is not maybe evangelistic. I don't know what style preaching you wanted to hear while I was here, but this is all I've got for you tonight. God says, God says, God says, weeping, you, go, you, you, you can stay around. Weeping, you may stay around for a night. And he didn't give him any, any uh, additions to that. It just closed right there. Weeping may endure for a night, but that's all. Joy, however, is going to come in the morning. Now listen closely. Listen real closely to this. Somebody needs to hear what I'm fixing to say. If you're still crying, if you're still crying, you may be the one that is prolonging your night. Now, I want to tell you something. We preachers, we get a lot of things from a lot of folks. We hear a lot of preaching. We get ideas from a lot of folks. 
We read stuff and get ideas. But I want to tell you something. Wendy Bagwell said, this is fact what I'm fixing to tell you with my hand up. I didn't read that statement in a commentary. I didn't hear Brother XYZ preacher from Del Rio, Texas or anywhere else say that. When I was preparing the words of this message, the thoughts for this message, I believe with all my heart, God gave me that one specific little line. If you're still, if you're still crying, you may be the one that is prolonging your night. If you're still moaning and you're still groaning over that trial that you've been in, over that test that you've been facing, over that tribulation, woo, if you're still griping about that sorry hand that you've been dealt, that you're having to live with and work with, if you've been saying things, why couldn't I have been blessed like they were blessed? Why couldn't I have good health like they've got good health? Why couldn't I find a good job like God gave them? Why, why couldn't I have a good Christian heritage like they've got? If that's what you've been doing, you're still weeping. I said, you're still weeping. All you're doing is prolonging the night. All you're doing is make the, the night last longer. Weeping may endure for a night. Well, glory, 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 glory. Hear the word of the Lord right now. Hear what God would have you, have you hear right now. God, God, God wanted it to be morning a long time ago for you. I said, God, man, I got chill bumps sitting on top of chill bump. I said, God wanted it to be morning for you a long time ago. But the problem is you won't stop crying. You won't stop crying. You won't stop moaning and groaning. You won't stop sniffling. God spoke to the psalmist David and he said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So the question that needs to be answered in all of our lives tonight is this, will your night be 24 hours long or will it be an undeterminable length of time? Will your night be half of the daylight Will your night be 12 hours long or will it just keep stretching on and on and on and on because this happened to me and that friend left me and they don't like me anymore and the job turned me down and, and, the, and the bank turned me down and nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. We need, we need to look up. I said we need to look up. We need to dry our eyes. I said we need to dry our eyes. Why? Because no night lasts forever. No night lasts forever. Even the, 
even in the farthest regions of the North Country, it is eventually a fact that it will become daytime again. Daytime again, no night lasts forever. There will eventually be a sunrise. I said there will eventually be a sunrise. There will eventually be an hour when the day breaks. Listen to Lamentations. Lamentations 3, 31 through 33. For the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he cause grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. For he doth not afflict willingly nor grieve the children of men. If God causes or if God allows grief, heartache, pain, or suffering to come your way and the weeping season begins in your life, you begin to cry, you begin to moan, you begin to groan, you weep because of that thing that has come your way. Oh, if that's what's happening right now in your life, let me tell you something, you can rest assured. I said you can rest assured that if he caused your grief. Now let me stop right there, let me stop right there. So many times we blame stuff on God that was not God's fault. That's a bitter pill to swallow. Nobody likes that medicine. Nobody likes to hear that, but that's the truth. We blame a lot of our hardships on God and God didn't have nothing to do with it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go a step farther. We blame a lot of stuff on the devil that wasn't the devil's fault. And I'm not praising him, but I'm just telling you sometimes the devil gets a bad rap. You know, if it's not God, it's the devil. And you've heard it over and over again. If God loved me, if God really loved me, why would he let this happen to me? Why would he cause this to happen? I got news for you. And I'm just going to be a pastor for about 30 seconds, okay? I'm going to try to get back on track here in a minute. God didn't tell you to get that credit card. It was getting close to Christmas and you needed some extra cash. And then you had to get another credit card to pay off that first one. Huh? And finally we come crawling back to God. We come crawling, oh, God, God just let me get in all kind of mess. No, don't blame that on God. Don't blame that on God. That was your own mismanagement. That was your own bad decisions. That was your own bad choices. That's not God's fault. It's not God's fault at all. It's our fault. Well, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm through pastoring. Let me get back to my statement. If you, you can rest assured if God caused the grief, then he will have compassion according to his multitude of mercies, plural. 
If God caused it, he'll bring mercy. And he'll have compassion on you according to your mercy. Why? Because God does not afflict willingly. If God's afflicting you, it's for a good cause. Sometimes he just wants to get a little bit more glory out of you. He, he wants to afflict you a little bit so that when he heals you, your voice will be a little bit stronger in praise. Your feet will be a little bit lighter when it gets time. Woo, hallelujah. Well, glory. Somebody say it with me. God sets the boundaries. God knows how far. God knows how far to let the trouble come into your life. I said, God knows how far to let the trouble come into your life. God knows to, he, he knows exactly when to tell that problem enough. Or when. God knows when it's time for it to be over. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, if God let you get in that trial, if God sent that trial your way, you better understand something tonight that when he put it on you, he set a stopwatch on it. And he knows when it's gonna be over. It's not, it's not a matter of if he brings you out of it, it's simply a matter of when. And all we've got to be willing to do is to be, be really, really and truly ready to let God do his work in our lives because the trouble, the trial, the tribulation, it worketh patience. Tribulation worketh patience in our lives. The reason Job got a tongue lashing in chapter 37 and 38 is because he was still crying. Job was still crying over thing that he had over all the stuff that he had lost. He wasn't even stopping to think that God was controlling the boundaries and that God was about to bless him doubly. Weeping may. It has God's permission to endure for a night. But joy cometh in the morning. As long as you weep over it, as long as you worry over it, as long as you stress about it, the darkness will keep hanging around. But as soon as you can stop crying about it, by and by, when the morning comes. Hallelujah. By and by, joy will come in the morning. Man, I have felt the Holy Ghost in this word tonight. I have felt the Spirit of God speaking to this congregation. And you got to understand, folks, I don't know you. I don't know you. I know your pastor and his wife, his father and his wife, and I don't even know them real well. Weep not, Jesus told the woman, who was following her son to the grave. Weep not. It's morning. Joy is here. What are you talking about? That's my only son. Joy is here. Well, yes, ma'am. Joy is here. Behold, I am the resurrection and the life. He said that to Marion. 
Mary and Martha when Lazarus was already buried. I've given four days for you to stop crying. Well, did you hear that? Maybe that's the reason Jesus hung back. Maybe that's the reason Jesus didn't go immediately. He wanted to see how long he'd cry. And when he walked up on the scene, Pastor, when he walked up on the scene, Martha was still on his heels. She was still after him. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. She was still wearing him out over leaving them high and dry. I've given you four days to stop crying. You know what that is? That's three days grace period. That's three days grace period. Weeping is only supposed to last for a night. I said weeping is supposed to last for a night. Mary and Martha, you've had four days to stop crying. You've had four days to weep and mourn. The sun just came up, Martha. The sun just came up, Mary. It's a brand new day, hallelujah. It's morning, and what comes in the morning? Joy cometh in the morning. You gotta understand it. You gotta understand, sweet ladies, I set the boundaries. You gotta understand who controls the boundary lines. You got to who... My God, you got to understand who holds death in his hand. You got to understand who holds life in his hand. Did not the word of the Lord say that the power of life and death lieth in the tongue? Oh, Jesus said, Would you just take me to where you laid him? Just show me where you laid Lazarus. In the back of his mind, he was probably saying, show me and then get out of my way. I'm tired of all this moaning. I'm tired of all this crying. I'm tired of all this weeping. Show me where you laid him. And the power of life was spoken. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. You talk about zombies. Our two, two of our little grandbabies, they love to play zombies. And you walk out and go, uh, and they'll scream and run and laugh. And then they'll turn around and go, uh, they do that zombie walk. Lazarus come out of there. He was wound up. I said he was wound up. He had the grave clothes on him. Some folks are alive but still got grave clothes on them. Well, help me somebody. I'm gonna just go ahead and preach a little bit more. Some saints are alive but not loosed. I said some folks are alive but not loosed. And here come Lazarus tripping out of that grave, out of that stony grave of his. I don't know what he was saying behind him. Somebody let me out of here. And somebody said they unwound him. They unwound him. They took the grave clothes off of him. They just 
They just took his grave clothes off. My God, I wish some folks would get their grave clothes off of them so they could leap, so they could dance, so they could rejoice, so they could glorify God. This is not time for weeping. God controls the boundaries of your life. And it's morning, it's morning, it's morning. I set the boundaries. God says, I set the boundaries. It's time for a new day of grace in your life. I said, it's time for a new day of grace in your life. It's time for a new day of joy in your life. It's time for a new day of forgiveness in your life. It's time for a new day of cleansing to happen in your life. Devil, you're trespassing on my property. I said, devil, you're trespassing on my property. You don't belong here. Why? Because God sets the boundaries. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. 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 When Lazarus came out of the grave, Jesus gave another commandment. He gave the first commandment to Lazarus, didn't he? Lazarus, come forth. But the next, the next commandment he gave was to the people. He said, you've got a responsibility now. I got him to live. I got him alive. Now you got to set him free. I mean, he, he, he's not going to last long in these grave clothes because he's not dead anymore. Hallelujah. He's not going to last long in these grave clothes. You got to loose him and let him go. Ooh, hallelujah. When they, come, when they come from the world and they bow their knee at an altar of repentance and we baptize them in water in the name of Jesus Christ and they're filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they come up out of the water alive. Alive. But they're waiting on you to loose them. Oh, I thought that was Jesus' job. Jesus loosed them from their sins. But you may have to loose them from some things that would give them freedom to worship, freedom to praise God. They may, they may need to see you with hands raised. They may need to hear your hallelujah. They may need to see you running the aisles. They may need to watch you give in the offering. They may need to see you in the prayer room. Because see, when they see you do it, you're just loosening them. It's all right for you to do it too. You're alive, now let's loose you. I said, you're alive, but now let's loose you and let you fulfill the glory and the will of God in your life. Oh, aren't you glad that God sets the boundaries? Aren't you glad that God sets the boundaries? I'm glad he sets the boundaries. Would you like to come right now? Come on, just step out of your seat. Let's, let's. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.